pickaxe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hello and welcome to this week's podcast of this week's One Life Left Radio show. I'm Simon Byron. I am Steve Curran. Steve has a little bit of work to do uh, <laughs> in terms of uh, preparing the final file to send to resonance to be uploaded to be broadcast because we can't let that one go out without a little bit of edits, do we? Seeing mm. as it will be broadcast maybe at 20 past seven. <laughs> uh, there are three swears currently in the file, Steve. Mm. You're... Your task is to find them all. Uh, Fortunately, they're all, they're all grouped they're all in together. They're the same place, aren't they? Yeah, so... Um. You, yeah, I, I, I realised as that was playing out, I was like, oh, actually, I, I, I should have I double-checked that I didn't have swears towards the end of it. And it did. It did, because it was a man on the internet moaning about something that wasn't his personal taste. It is fine. It is a trivial edit to make. And this week, it seems like, touch wood, our audio production software our host Riverside, have fixed the bug that was stopping stopping the jingles playing. And do you know why they've done that, Simon? Because of you giving them, using swear words at them. No, I didn't use swear words at them. I asked them politely uh, via their support. They said they were looking into it. They were looking into it. They were looking into it. And then, Simon, I posted on the podcasting subreddit to say, to say um, Riverside doesn't work. Does anyone have any suggestions? And there were a number of suggestions in that topic, which I assume now comes up on Google because someone from Riverside got in touch and said they had oh, applied well a fix. And oh. goodness me, it seems to be working now. Who else can we can we get in touch with via Reddit then? <laughs> Other complaints have we got? Um, there were some com- some some comments. I was going to say some some complaints, some comments about the the uh, the audio those listening live. Yeah, yeah, that's why I levels. took down. That's why I took down the uh, reviews theme at the end, right at the start, because apparently it was too loud. Uh, but we will see whether, as our producer says, it all gets fixed in post or not. Anyway, it's just good that the jingles are firing at the moment, so I'm happy with that. So, what's your method going to be to obscure the swear words? Are you going to? Um, because I, when I've done it previously, you have to Google for a beep noise and add that over. Or you could do it yourself. Mm. You could be homemade. You could just do a cough. <coughs> you could clip yeah. that out and just stick that over the swears. <laughs> um, um, no, when I've done it before, Audacity has a function to generate a beep. So you can just highlight it and it? beep. Yeah, you can do that quite simply. Uh, and if I had time, uh, then I would instead insert a Mario coin sound or a series of oh, humorous lovely. video game effects. But lovely. if I had time, I wouldn't be having business dreams, would I? 
No, that's true. Would it be acceptable for broadcast reasons, do you think, um, rather than doing a beep, but just to put the the other half of another swear word? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're I mean, going to tell me what the A swear word is? Oh, yeah, it's arsehole. You wouldn't say that on the radio, would you? Well, you <laughs> you said, wouldn't say that on the You said bugger. I did say bugger as well. Yes, mm. I know. Um, mm. Yeah. Mm. Are you gonna are you gonna bleep that out? No. Well, we're allowed one, aren't we? I think we're allowed one. I think only Frankie Boyle's allowed one, and he okay, saves, right. saves that for quick. Get him on the team. show. I mean, he goes in with the with the equivalent of a two footed tackle when it comes to swearing. Does he? I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're probably not allowed that one. Okay. <laughs> Good. Yeah, I I, I, sh- I think bugger's all right, isn't it? We're gonna find out, aren't we? If it's not, we'll not be contributing be... to the residents of M swear box, won't we? Which, you know, we should all be doing. Okay. Well, look, uh, thank you for doing that. Sorry for the no, no, no. Uh, language. Uh, you may want to listen. If, if bugger uh, um, offends you, you may want to listen to this on your own in a dark room. Um, and, uh, yeah, just think about the choices that you've made that <laughs> led you to listening to two grown men. Say, what's well, not even a swear word? Honestly, get out of the dark room. Arsehole is not a swear word, it's biology. Indeed. Okay, here come two arseholes talking about video games. Thank you for listening. Here's the show. evening and welcome to One Life Left. We're a video game radio show. It is Monday the 12th of February 2024 and my name is still Steve Curran. Hello, I am Simon Byron and can you can you hear any noises uh, in the background, Steve? I can. can what you? are those noises? But apologies, uh, there are some men. Um, mm. They're cutting down a tree, uh, maybe three gardens across. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks very dangerous, uh, and it's certainly very noisy. How how tall is the tree? It's pretty tall, actually. Um, well, is it's, it? it's short. It's, it's definitely shorter than it was. Okay, is it tall enough that if it fell, it would potentially jeopardise your shed where you are right now? Oh, it's no. It wouldn't cover that distance. And, and actually, I did see okay. a piece of it fall off earlier uh, when mm-hmm. I was coming back from the toilet, and uh, it's. Um, they were doing a good job on it. It fell. It fell in precisely the correct direction. Really? Okay. Good. Well, good to know. The tree is in good hands, at least for as long as it uh, is still alive. How's your week been, Simon? How has my week been? Well, it's been two weeks since we spoke, Steve, hasn't it? Because you had a oh, scheduling point, conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, how did uh, how how did that meeting go? Was it worth dashing <laughs> the hopes of your listeners? Was it? <laughs> Uh, it was fine. It was a seven out of ten, as all meetings are. Um, how, how's, how's your two weeks been, then, son? They've been fine. Um, yes, we're hurtling towards, as Charles Bott may refer to, <laughs> um, the launch of Plate Up on consoles on Thursday, digitally and Friday, physically. 
And boy, oh boy, it's been a while since I've released on console, and it's a, it's a it's a challenge. It's a challenge. Um, getting through every individual uh, mm. platform and territories approval processes, but if, but we're getting there. We're getting there. So okay, congratulations looking forward I- to that. For no other reason than at least on Friday it will be behind me. One way or another, it will have happened. Game development's annoying, isn't it? I've had quite an annoying uh, last <laughs> week for reasons I can't talk about. But um, you ever think about just leaving it all behind, Simon? Pivoting this stage in life? Pivoting to my right where the shed door is and just walking <laughs> just walking out of the shed. The problem is, is that I'd walk straight out of the shed and into the house. Uh, so it's not like one of those romantic stories where you leave your, where you take your trousers off and leave your shoes by a, by the uh, by the edge of the sea. <laughs> can I tell you? Can I tell you the the joke that uh, Alice told me the other day? Please do. Why did the human cross the road? I don't know, Alice. Why did the human cross the road? Because he wanted to crit. He wanted to eat crisps and quit his job. And do you know why he wanted to quit his job? Because it was really boring. Wow. We're One Life Left. We're a video game radio show. We talk about video games sometimes. Uh, I've been playing a few games, Simon. Do you have stuff to talk about in the reviews? I do. Uh, We'll also have some letters, which I assume have built up into an unwieldy backlog over the last two weeks. Um... And we don't have a guest. We definitely don't have a guest because I'd be able to see them. Um, And we probably won't have time for a Fast Five because we've got a lot to get through. One thing that we will get to is the news. And that begins with Charles Bott. Me, Charles Bot 1.1. Disney's $1.5 billion investment in Epic Games is set to create a new gaming and entertainment universe linked to Fortnite. This digital playground, powered by Epic's Unreal Engine, will provide players with the opportunity to interact with characters and stories from Disney's extensive portfolio, which includes Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, and Avatar. This venture, dubbed as Disney's most significant entry into the gaming world, will also enable users to create and share their own content. Think of it as Disneyland, but with more loot boxes and fewer overpriced churros. The launch is soonish, as per the trailer. Now imagine a Charles Cecil area within this Fortnite metaverse. Picture a world where you can interact with characters from the Broken Sword series, solve puzzles that would make Professor Layton scratch his head, and engage in witty banter with George Stobbert. You might even find yourself in a high-stakes game of chess with Nico Collard. And let's not forget the loot boxes. Instead of weapons and skins, you'll be unboxing ancient artifacts and cryptic clues. So gear up for an adventure that's more the Da Vinci Code than Call of Duty. Welcome to the Charles Cecil Zone, where history, humour and head-scratching puzzles collide. (laughs) I'm there. I'm going to buy a fast pass, Charles. Sign me up. Uh, good move from Disney, do you think, Simon? Don't know. <laughs> I 
I don't, I, I, I don't mean, know either. I'm not 100 <laughs> certain what what it means apart from putting uh, Elsa into Fortnite. Um, well, that was I saw someone on LinkedIn say that. I said, this is huge from Epic. Just imagine the possibilities." And then there was an AI generated picture of Elsa with a gun. <laughs> If you Google, uh, what does Disney's um, epic deal mean? Um, uh, there are a few think pieces on it. Again, mm. uh, none of them reach a conclusive um, decision or prediction necessarily. Although uh, I did like um, one uh, website pulled out a quote that said um, that Disney's CEO, Bob Iger, said, it's a way to have skin in the game. And I sort of like to think that maybe he misheard it and actually what he's got is skins in the game. <laughs> yeah, like all through the pitch meetings, he's been people have been saying, yeah, 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 so you've got to have skin in the game. And, exactly. Uh, skins <laughs> in the game, rather, yeah. Some skins um, in the game. Great. Well, I, I mean, I think it's a strong move um, from from Disney. I think the idea of building... A theme park, a digital theme park. Um, it's one of the things that when the metaverse was hot like a year and a half ago, people kept referring to them as like, you know, digital theme parks. It makes sense as a partnership for uh, Disney and Epic to get behind that. I think that people are saying, or I've seen people say, that Epic's new um, policy of letting everyone develop into Fortnite and creating what might amount to a metaverse of sorts in there. Uh, is the best bet for the metaverse right now, that or Roblox. And uh, therefore, it makes sense for Disney to sort of try and land grab in there and benefit from the upsides if that is the metaverse that works works out. I have no interest in engaging with any of this content. I saw sort of some other concept art of siloed parts of a digital theme park with here's the Marvel bit, don't want to go to that. Here's the Elsa bit, don't want to go to that. Here's the Avatar bit, definitely don't want to go to that. Um, so yeah, and the idea of just mashing up all these universes, which again, I saw someone else getting excited about. To me, sounds like Kingdom Hearts, which as previously documented on the show, is my worst thing. So and I'm out. And doesn't on an ROG ally. Doesn't um, <laughs> No, did I not tell you this? Yeah, no, we did talk about no, it. I just yeah, got yeah, preoccupied okay, well, with hate. I was just double checking. No, I, I think it's great uh, that this will exist because then all of those people can go there, <laughs> leaving, leaving the rest of it for us. Nintendo's forthcoming February Direct live stream, rumoured to be a partner direct with a focus on third-party Switch content, is creating a buzz in the gaming community. This speculation has been fueled by the Nate the Hate podcast. This announcement comes in anticipation of a new console reveal, a tradition that Nintendo has maintained for the past five years. The successor to the company's successful Switch console, expected to launch this year, is rumoured to feature an 8-inch LCD screen. Despite the Switch's success, Nintendo's president, Shuntaro Furukawa, remains cautious, bearing in mind the challenges experienced with past generational transitions. As we eagerly await the announcements that will be made in this forthcoming video, it's important to note that not all the excitement this week revolves around Nintendo. In fact, many gamers argue that the highlight of the week will be the release of Plate Up on Switch this Thursday. <laughs> this game has received rave reviews from players, with many praising its immersive gameplay, stunning graphics and innovative mechanics. However, it's worth noting that these are speculations and the actual announcements may vary. Regardless of what transpires this week, it's safe to say that nothing will quite match the thrill of seeing Plate Up release on Switch. <laughs> 
unprompted. Unprompted. I was say unprompted. <laughs> mean the opposite. <laughs> really? Now say that again, Charles. Heavily prompted. Heavily prompted. Heavily prompted. Wow. Uh, yeah, I'd just be. I mean, there's uh, lots of talk about what be what might be shadow dropped this week, um, mm-hmm. and we'll come on to that shortly. Um, but yes, the Nintendo news. It isn't enough. Uh, just to sort of sit on the sidelines and wait for the official announcements. We're now speculating about whether there's going to be a partner direct this week. Um, alongside the other news, Steve, uh, that um, the hardware will have a custom NVIDIA chip when it launches later this year, reports videogameschronicle.com. Now, you'd think mm-hmm. that's the extent of that news story, but uh, no, there's another four, five, parag- six, seven, eight paragraphs <laughs> saying adding nothing to it. Um, other rumours this this week uh, are that it will be backwards compatible, mm-hmm. both digitally and physically. Okay, well that's that's good news, especially for those of us who still like eating our Switch carts. I'd hate to have to give that up for a new generation. Maybe they'll introduce a new flavour. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I, I have. You ever stuck one in your mouth? No, obviously. Have you? No, I haven't. No, obviously. Because I've been told it tastes horrible. Nintendo uh, told me not to. I had a dream last night that I was um, I was developing a game for the Switch 2. Okay, what? You'd been you'd been admitted into Nintendo's yeah. inner circle. What did it yeah. look like? It was always just out of just out of shot. It was like always <laughs> being, you know, like um like a comedy sketch. Um no, the dream was anxiety-based, as all my dreams are, uh, currently all anxiety and development-based, uh, that I had been uh, inducted into the sort of, into the cabal of Switch 2 developers, um, asked to do a launch title, and I'd forgotten. That's it. At what point did you realise when I was being told in my dream last night when Nintendo got in touch and said, where's the game for our console coming out next week? It's just next like, week. where's your homework, right? But transplanted yeah, into yeah, all yeah, yeah. modern day anxieties. So that was great. I've been having loads of those as well, which have been um, uh, manifesting themselves in, in, in many different ways. Um, some pleasant, some not so pleasant. All of them so relieving, genuinely, when you wake up and you go, Oh, right. Okay. That was a dream. Um, but, uh, so in the mornings when my daughter tends to come into our room, she'll go, morning, daddy. And I go, morning, darling. I go, did you sleep well? She go, yes. And then she said, did you sleep well? And I say, um, well, you know, not really. And, uh, yeah, obviously the reason I've not been sleeping well is because of these uh, anxiety nightmares, mainly based, mainly fueled by work. Um, she described them as, um, she said, oh, have you been having business dreams again? <laughs> and I thought, oh, what a lovely way of describing the horror that is genuine anxiety. Business dreams. You had some business dreams. But that's, that's the worst thing about my business dream, is that you say there's that genuine relief when you wake up. And it hasn't happened. But in this instance, you wake up and you're like, oh, thank goodness, Nintendo didn't think I was important enough to ask them to develop, ask me to develop on Switch. And then I'm like, oh, that's bad too. So yeah, I wish I didn't have business dreams. Phil Spencer 
the head honcho of gaming at Microsoft has effectively silenced the gossip mill that's been churning out rumors about Xbox discontinuing console production or releasing its exclusive games on rival platforms. Despite the hushed talks of a strategic pivot that could potentially land major titles like Starfield and Indiana Jones on PS5, Spencer has reassured the team that Xbox consoles are still a vital cog in their strategy. The company has not yet made any official statements regarding these speculations, but has plans to hold a business update event in the coming week. So Xbox enthusiasts, there's no need to start boxing up your controllers just yet. Now, let's take a look at some of the more extreme comments from disgruntled internet users who are not thrilled about the idea of Xbox games coming to other consoles. User Game Guru wrote, This is a betrayal of the highest order. Xbox exclusives should stay exclusive. Another user, Console Warrior, commented, Anyone who thinks this is a good idea is an idiot. Clearly, there are some strong feelings out there on this topic. <laughs> So this was this was the big news uh, mm. that happened last week, uh, where uh, it seems that um, uh, Microsoft is going to announce this week uh, that it will be bringing some of its games to other formats. And to tie back to the previous news story, I strongly suspect that Hi-Fi Rush is going to be shadow dropped out mm. of nowhere, like it was on on PC. Uh, around this time last year, uh, it will probably be out on Switch uh, and PlayStation. Um, I would have thought this week. Um, it's, but it's, boy, oh boy, oh boy, <laughs> there's been some reaction to this. I mean, it's not good when you describe your hardware platform as a cog, right? Like the the, the hardware platform is just a cog in the Xbox sort of uh, ecosystem. Um, it does sort of you know because cog is not the most important part of a. I mean, it is important. You need your cog to get your clock to work, but it's not the face, is it? That's the bit everyone knows about. Somebody is making a game that is a cog that has a face. By the way, maybe it's, is that just to address? I don't know. That but it's going to be shadow. Particular analogy. <clears throat> no, yeah. I mean, I mean, like, but it, you know, previously Xbox was. That was the business model, right? You, you you have a console. People buy the console. They play the games on the console. Now the Xbox is a cog in the business model. And that, to me, says, um, yeah. Get your Xboxes now, quickly. You won't be able to in a few weeks. <laughs> well, well uh, obviously not true. And... Um, uh, Microsoft has been saying for ages that uh, it has uh, it wants as many people as possible to to enjoy its content across you know mm-hmm. uh, um, whatever heart wherever people choose to play. Yeah. Um, however, <laughs> the reaction to it uh, was was pretty strong. I've 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 sent across an extra piece of audio for you, Steve. This is um, the reaction that 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 a man, mm-hmm. a grown man. Um, took time out of his day uh, to put online um, just to update everybody on on uh, what was going on. I'm not sure if you want to listen to to all of it, but certainly just imagine the steps that were taken in order to get this content into your ears now and and the motivations that this man might have. Morning, Twitterverse. Seems like these rumours are true. Reached out this morning to a couple of people who are in the know um it seems like these rumors are true 
Can you imagine? Um, he sat in his car like by Starfield the way, is going to PlayStation. It does seem like there's conversations about Indiana Jones. God, this seems not in, like not it's Indiana true. Jones. <laughs> the people I'm talking to would know. And He's got people. He's got people. <laughs> and they know. Yeah, I initially woke up this morning and was like, dude, everyone calm down. This is a rumor, I, but it. That it, was his first thought. I out think this down. He pulls off his, his bed hat. So, his dude, calm down. It means a lot of things, right? And there's a lot it of aspects. Mean. I'm still processing this. I mean, you know, now, the you best take way your time. for them to go about doing this, if they're going to do this, would have been to have had a pro or, course, you know, their Xbox would. Series XX or whatever the hell they're going to call it. Man in um, the car offering and release a more powerful to what to the biggest company in the world. Say, hey, yeah, you can play these games over here, but this is the most powerful place to play them. I mean, Conversely, if PlayStation launches a Pro and they're dropping their exclusives over on PlayStation, there's no reason to have an Xbox. Of course, no. That's a that's a, a bit of a bit of pill to swallow. Of course, it is. His, his Xbox is probably in the. So as I said, I'm still processing this. I'm, I'm on my first morning coffee. Um, still processing it. But if this is true, I think it's a massive misstep. I Man think. As a fan, hey, Phil, a supporter of the a, brand there's, for there's 20 a man years, in a car. <laughs> I put hundreds of thousands of dollars into this brand over time. I mean, come on, um, he disagrees with you. It does feel like what? a bit of a betrayal. It really does. does. Put hundreds of thousands what? of dollars in. into this brand, yeah. I also know wow. that we're going to get some clarity on what's going on soon. That I know. For Can a we fact. let him know that? So he knows that. For Can we let him know that the one I've had is available? The week me, I'm not <laughs> going to freak out about anything. It's good to speculate and have just, the conversations. <laughs> um, but just hold the line, man. Hold on, that line Steve. until we know what's going on. Okay. Don't All lose right. your over. Uh, I'm sorry, I should have checked that. I it is a rumor, but it's, I, I'm pretty sure it's a true rumor. But we don't know all the facets, all the ins and outs. And until we do know that, there's no point losing your <laughs> yet. So okay, everyone that's, just chill that's, out. Hey, that's three bleeps. That's <laughs> what sorry, the leadership yeah. has to say. And Let's wait for the leadership, everybody. Them. Okay, check, thanks for the update, man. Hey, at Carl. the end of the day, man. No, yeah, come on, stop it. Stop it. All right. Everyone chill out. Uh, sorry. Chill out. Peace. Chill out. Peace. <laughs> and that was just that was just one example of people losing their s, Steve. Mm. Wow, that grief was real, wasn't it? Really, <laughs> really poignant. Oh, you do dear. wonder, you know, the planet's on fire. The mm -hmm. technology that took that enabled that man in a car to broadcast his thoughts to everybody. Mm. And the energy involved there <laughs> from, you know, the satellites transmitting that data to the food that he ate. Mm -hmm. the, to the to the first morning coffee that he drank, to the engine idling as he sobbed that some <laughs> other people are going to get to play Starfield. And Indiana Jones, for God's sake. Uh, sorry, I forgot. Which doesn't look any good. <laughs> <laughs> Ubisoft CEO Yves Guillemot has defended the $70 price tag for the highly anticipated game, Skull and Bones, referring to it as a quadruple A game. Despite a rocky development history and suggestions that a free-to-play model might be a better fit for its live service mechanics, Guillemot is adamant that the game scale warrants the full price. An open beta for Skull and Bones has been launched, with the game slated for release on February 16, 2024. Players can secure early access and additional perks with a $99.99 premium edition pre-order. However, as the release date approaches, 
the game's development problems, including the departure of its third creative director, remain unresolved. Now let's take a look at some of the more extreme reactions from gamers on this news. One, I'd rather sell my kidney than pay $70 for a game that's had more creative directors than I've had hot dinners. Two, I've seen less drama in a soap opera than in the development of this game. I'll stick to my $10 indie games, thanks. Three, quadruple A game, more like quadruple A nightmare. I'll be waiting for the bargain bin release. Four, early access and extra perks for $99.99. I'd get more value from a night out and a kebab. Remember, these are just a few examples of the colourful commentary from the gaming community. It's all in good fun and we can't wait to see how Skull and Bones fare upon its release. Can't Thanks, we, Charles. Charles Spot. Oh, people are cross, aren't they? Today. I mean, it begs the question that would you pay that money if there had been, f- if you'd eaten more dinners? Mm. Or if it had had fewer, fewer crea- creative directors. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Big news. Uh, it's a quadruple A game, Steve. Quadruple well, that's A. That's exciting, isn't it? Yeah. A pi- yeah. pioneer in the world of A's. Uh, because I thought it was when we suddenly started talking, you know, a few years back about double A games, not quite triple A. You know, they're a, they're a double A studio. I thought, well, you know, it's nice to f- fill in the gap. We haven't had A games yet. So I assumed that would be the next. Oh, it's an A game. You know, I, I thought that's where we were going. Uh, but trust Ubisoft to innovate. Uh, come up with something entirely new. What do you think the fourth A stands for? We've already had too many swears on the show already, <laughs> haven't we, Steve? Is there a swear that be begins careful. with A? Uh, I can think of one thing that you wouldn't say now on uh, it's being broadcast. We'll save it for the podcast intro if you want to call. Okay, I'll, I'll work on it until for the next yeah. next thirty minutes. Um, maybe it stands for amazing. Maybe it does. They've also said. Um, so on the one hand, they're saying, yeah, no, uh, this is definitely uh, $70 because uh, it's quadruple A and you can't mm-hmm. get more A's than four. No. It used to be three, mm. but now it's four. Inflation. Um, but they also, uh, these were, I think these comments came as the result of an earnings call, whatever. Um, they also said that um, they put Assassin's Creed VR out on Quest um, and that was a $40 game on Quest, which mm-hmm. is quite high. Uh, for a VR game, um, it didn't sell, so they're not doing any more. Okay. <laughs> Poor Sega, I, I, I like because they've been working. They on should their have mega put game. more Vs in it. Well, exactly. <laughs> for so long. It's a VVR, VVR. Go on. Sega have been working on their mega game for so long. You know. Yeah. This was going to be that was going to be the next step above AAA Sega's mega game. But now oh, Sega yeah. probably have to pivot towards quadruple A because they don't want to release a mega game. People will be like, that's more like three and a half A's, though, isn't it? No, just shove all the A's at the end of it. Mega! mega. Okay. <laughs> Very good. Microsoft has fired back at the US Federal Trade Commission's FTC accusations of inconsistency concerning its post acquisition operation of Xbox. The tech giant, which recently announced a plan to cut 1,900 jobs across Xbox, Bethesda and Activision Blizzard, argues that the FTC's claims are incomplete and misleading. Microsoft's legal team insists that Activision Blizzard was already on track to make large-scale layoffs, regardless of the merger. They also pointed out that the deal has significantly evolved since the FTC's court loss last July, with Microsoft required to restructure the acquisition globally by the UK Competition Authority. Given these developments, one can't help but wonder what other unpleasant plans Activision might have had in the pipeline. Could there have been further layoffs? 
or perhaps a sharp increase in microtransactions or maybe even a reduction in the quality of their games to cut costs. While we can only speculate, it's clear that the future under Activision might not have been as rosy as gamers would hope. Uh, more layoff news. It's still a grim time for the games industry, isn't it? It is, uh, but I thought this was an interesting response to it. Where they, mm. Well, actually, they were going to do it anyway. Yeah. Rather than, um, you know, hey, we've stopped any of that. No, they were going to do it anyway, actually. So it's not, um, it's not our fault. I did note that a lot of the conversation um, around the, the redundancy, specifically from the Activision Microsoft merger have just disappeared now because um, Indiana Jones might be coming out on <laughs> and if there was an equivalent of a dead cat strategy then mm. uh, saying that uh, Starfield might come to uh, other consoles is is the way to do it very very clever uh, but difficult times across the industry I think uh, it's been something like 8,000 jobs already this year oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. we thought you know it was 10,000 or something last year 12,000 so yeah, hope things. Hopefully, things will stabilise soon. And obviously, best of luck to everybody affected. Uh, people do say that that the sort of upside of this, if there is one, is this kind of boom and bust cycle encourages people to create new things, uh, go off and make you know smaller studios, which come you know end up becoming the next Activision for better and for worse. Uh, obviously, it's easy to say that. Um, harder to do that and to pay your rent at the same time. Yes, um, and it seems uh, it's not unique to the games industry. Lots of people uh, in other creative industries are finding it tough at the moment as well. So, yeah, Uh, let's hope the good does come from it. All right. Thanks, Charles. One life left, video game news. Me, Charles Bot 1.1. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We're also a video game podcast. You can download that at onelifeleft.com. You can find show notes at hello.onelifeleft.com, put together by our under-caretaker, Phil. Uh, We are on Resonance, as mentioned. Resonance is the greatest radio station in the world. We would not exist if it wasn't for Resonance. They gave us a chance 18 years ago now, and they have continued to commission us since then. As I've mentioned before, we will be doing a show for them uh, later in the year. We'll be doing a uh, Marioki show 
and you'll be able to buy tickets and you'll be able to support them through that. However, residents do need more than that from you. Uh, without your donations, without your kindness, they will cease to exist. And if you want us to continue to be the longest-running radio show in the English language about video games in the world, you should go and support them right now. You can do that by going to resonancefm.com. There's loads of other great radio shows that you should listen to. I say other. That implies we're great, doesn't it, Simon? (laughs) There are loads of great radio shows on Resonance. Uh, You can decide whether we are one of them. Uh, Please go to their site, participate in their fundraising activities. We'll have other ways you can support uh, them um, coming up over the course of the next few weeks. It's a fundraising month on Resonance FM. So do your bit, please. Indeed, indeed. Um, yeah, they usually there's usually a brilliant uh, auction uh, which um, goes live as well. Worth keeping an eye out for that. Uh, Simon, do we have any other business? We don't have a guest, so this is where we talk about other things. Don't think we do at the moment, Steve, do we? Mm, don't think so either. Uh did watch the Super Bowl last night. Did you watch the Super Bowl? Did you? Hmm. Um, did the right team win? Depends what you mean by right. I, don't, I mean, I'm just trying to make conversations, Steve. I was soundly asleep. Well, I don't care. I wish I had been. It went to extra time. Um, it goes overtime, I think you mean. Overtime, you? sorry. No. Oh, you go, we, we use Americanisms now on the show, do we? What about an American about American football? Oh, don't let them bully you, Simon. I was Extra asleep. time. What they want. Okay. Good. All right. Uh, time for the letters. Time for the letters. I think it's the letters. Email messages and forward BCC one life letters. Thank you for your correspondence you've been sending in over the past couple of weeks. Uh, we've got a few to get through. Um, starting with on the emails, Chris Conroy wrote, dear team, and SSG and Charles Botts. Uh, I was clearing out some stuff the other day and came across a trophy from the time I went to a Palmer Sport racing event and came first in the Renault Clio Sport time trial. It was my first time on a racetrack and I took great pleasure in letting all the fancy pants gentlemen drivers know that only my experience in racing cars was from sim racing on the PC. This is also the basic plot from Gran Turismo, so I'm eagerly (laughs) awaiting the call from Netflix. Have you ever had a moment where you've been able to step forward and say, stand back everyone, I play video games? Outside of the regular gaming circles, of course. It'd be a bit strange saying that in the Trocadero. Your (laughs) course circling correspondent, Chris Conroy, he adds, uh, it occurred to me the other day that this could just be Charles reading the news as a pre-recorded segment. Uh, and then he did it in that Aussie accent. So he was claiming the AI mm. was... So- I was going to mention, actually, has that been improved? Because it looked like Charles got to grips with pricing. And say- his pronunciation of Eve Guillemot's name. Yeah, oh, it was beautiful. Beautiful. I don't know. Um, I, also- I've not touched it, so... Added that when he came first in the Renault Clio Sport time trial, that there's a very real possibility that the professional drivers who sit in the passenger seat and have access to dual controls for braking and accelerating may have played a tiny part <laughs> in him getting the best of time that day. But let him have his moment. Uh, I can relate, Chris. I um, there was a moment many years ago when I was leaving Glastonbury with two of my sisters 
Carly and Layla, when we left on uh, Sunday evening in order to get ahead of the traffic, the traffic, I forget who, which headliner um, we uh, forfeited. But in order to, that year, obviously, because it was Glastonbury, the car park was super muddy. And there were moments where uh, the car was in danger of going massively out of control and it was absolutely down to me playing rally games previously <laughs> that I felt a genuinely true um, I said to them after we after we got through it there were some pretty hairy times I wouldn't have been able to have done that if it wasn't for the rally game so I'm very grateful for that um, uh, what about you Steve? Simon oh sorry I was going to move on to the letters because we've got quite a few okay. to get through uh, Simon writes Dear team and S-A-G hope you have a good week uh, week six here for the mailbag. Got to admit, I'm already struggling for questions I can ask you. Uh, so this is Simon, who said he's going to write to us every week this uh, this year. I'm still all in on Pal World and haven't done much else in my free time. Thought I'd message to say hi. Have a good week until next time. Well, the thing is, Simon, you couldn't <laughs> do a show. And that meant you had to do another one. Hi, team. Hope everyone's having a good week. Week seven here. I have a question I'd like your view on. So he's had a week to think of an actual question this week. It's a single-player game. Only game... Uh, is, is it the only game where you're the only player in it? For example, in Fable 3, there are other players around you all the time that you can talk to and trade with, but they don't affect the outcome of the game. So I say that is single-player. This came up because I've told people that Skull and Bones is a single-player co-op game, and some disagree. They disagree because there are other people in the world. They don't have any effect on your game if you choose. So I say... Me, Simon, I say it's a single-player game. Have a good week. Until next time. What do you think, other Simon? Um, yes, I would agree with you uh, that if the other players are not affecting you, you are effectively you are playing a single-player game. What about games where streamers watching you can add things to your world? They are affecting you. But they count as players. That is a single-player game. But that does not fit your definition. Yes, it does. Okay. Case closed. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have another another letter? Uh, Zuber writes, dear team and Charles, but 1.1. I've sustained an injury. After having emergency surgery and being bedbound for the foreseeable future, I have the opportunity to slow down and catch up with my hobbies. During my morphine-induced reverie, I spent last week watching a lot of speedrunning videos, hallucinating that I was engaged in these intense feats along with the runners. This week, as the drugs wear off, I've managed to complete Tears of the Kingdom and now will now play through my backlog of visual novels on the Switch. I attempted to play Death Stranding on my Steam Deck. However, the ability to walk around triggered my incapacitated trauma. What gaming... Uh, what game in real-life gaming moments awoke a deeply buried traumatic experience? Ooh. Love the show, Zubair. Blimey. Well, sorry to hear about that, yeah. Zubair. Get well soon. I mean, no, not I too soon, because sli- it sounds like yeah, you're playing a lot of games, so... envious. Mm. Slightly envious of the morphine. I have only had morphine once. Um, was it any good? It was great. <laughs> it, it made me forget about the cracked rib that I had as I was lying in a corridor of the Lister Hospital in Stevenage after a car crash, and made me feel very tolerant to the unlicensed minicab driver who was telling the police that we were friends. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. uh, 
um, yeah, uh, I think that was before the switch was out, actually. So I couldn't uh, couldn't spend time on the, on a on a uh, in a corridor playing that um, gaming in real life moment. Where could you be? I would say that all of clearly all of our business dreams at the moment are gaming related. Um, gaming related traumatic experiences being awoken by things that we are going through at the moment yes you've and he's touched on something that um we didn't get to mention because we weren't on the show last week but uh did you see Hideo Kojima announced Death Stranding 2 uh, and his next game um, which is uh, a stealth action game that people have been begging him to make, make Steve. Please, can mm. you make it, Hideo, <laughs> please? Um, I think it's called something ridiculous like Scient or mm-hmm. something stupid like that. It was all announced with this ridiculous video um, which uh, showed two men talking and then the drone sort of backed out of this building and you could see that they're in a massive Hollywood-style film lot um, where it's a it's a co-production between sony and kojima productions and i did think at this point as a fan of hideo kojima's previous work i did think we've let him go too far now and somebody just needs to go come on let's stop this there's no, <laughs> there's no please stop it there's no need it's good to know that you have a that there is a line that he can cross for you because i just thought he could do no wrong like i thought you were fully in whatever he would do no, I keep now and again thinking I should give Death Stranding another go after that mm. comment that, you know, I played it for sort of five or six hours and I was told it only get, it gets good after 100 hours. <laughs> and there's a sequel to a game that gets good after 100 hours. Um, no thanks. Hmm. Good. Um, if you have any letters you would write, like to write to One Life Left, we'd really like to read them. You know, they keep us company, get us through the cold winter days although it's looking beautiful outside today it's spring isn't it simon definitely feels like spring yes obviously it's not uh meteor- meteorological spring or the other one oh somebody at the front door it may it may well be spring <laughs> correct um tim who's listening live though has uh has popped up with a um oh. with a letter he, okay. he's written dear uh simon and steve a joke from my daughter why did the cookie go to the hospital? I don't know, Simon. Why did the cookie go to the hospital? Because it was stuck to the pizza. Uh, he <laughs> adds. Quite good. That's good. <laughs> I think she has a bit of development needed before getting to the critting level. Mm. Which games have you given up on in the middle of the story, preferring to read crisps instead? Oh, all of them. All, all of, them. of the games. Pretty much all of them. I don't know. Whenever I was playing. Most recently, certainly Breath of the Wild, like which I thought was absolutely phenomenal game, but the story just nonsense. And I've no, that's the, it's very rare that a gaming story makes me go, oh, I need to know what happened. What was the what was the last game where you needed completion? Because I know you you're better at completing things than me, Simon. Like, but it has it ever been? Well, I assume it has sometimes. For Robocop, for example, was it the story that dragged you through? Did you really want to know how that completed? Or was it the mechanics? That's a, yeah. I don't know why I finished Robocop. I was I I I felt <laughs> for the last six or seven hours. I thought I was very close to the end. Mm. Maybe that's why I finished it because I thought there's only it's only a few more minutes left, Steve. Mm. I thought for the la- for the final six or seven hours. Um, I did like how it wrapped it up though. Um, so yeah, I think often 
I will finish just because I think I'm quite close to the end. Final Fantasy. You love Final Fantasy Seven, at least. You're very excited mm. about whatever that new one's called. Uh, Final Fantasy Seven Rebirth. Yeah. Out on, out on PlayStation uh, in two weeks' time. Are you playing? When's that it out on PC? When's it out on PC, Steve? We don't know, but we think May. We, us lot, who like Final Fantasy Seven, we think it's out at the end of May. Okay. Uh, have you? Uh, you know? Do you play that for the story? A story that you already know, of course. Uh, no, yes, a little bit. I play it for the world and the characters, mm-hmm. and uh, but that's I play it different. For the, like, that's I play not... it for the yellow markings as to where to go next. Right? That yeah, exactly. The so big what, internet discourse. What is a game that you have played just for because you want to know what happens? What happens next? What about Far Cry? You're very into those. Was it the story? Did you care about what happened at the end? Can you remember? Well, Far Cry Five, I can, Costy, because it has a controversial ending. Mm-hmm. Let's not um, let's not forget about that, uh, which I actually didn't mind, but a lot of people did not like. Okay. Yeah, I've accidentally started playing another Far Cry. Um, I've, I'm in Far Cry Primal now, mm-hmm. um, which uh, I had a moment literally this weekend where I thought the map was of a certain size, and then all of a sudden. It, you're like, oh, it's loads bigger, is it? Oh, bugger. Because <laughs> uh, I thought I was getting, if not close, but I thought the end was, you know, appearing uh, appearing over the horizon, but I think it's a lot bigger. I'm, I'm quite enjoying it, actually, for a game. I, I mean, I generally don't like bows and arrows. Um, but you imagine one... being the creative director on Far Cry Primal, just being really excited about that moment in your game where the world opens up. And <laughs> imagine, imagine what all the players are going to think. Imagine they're all going to be because they're going to think it's this, but actually it's this, and they're going to be blown away, and it's going to be. And then they hear your reaction. <sighs> oh, yeah, it's um. I mean, that's that that's a problem that is affecting Ubisoft games um specifically mm. um there was a piece that i was reading um uh, recently which talked about um because games journalists seem to be very very interested in um player concurrent player numbers which are easily visible on steam db and we've we've heard from chet previously that he mm. doesn't like how they're being used to beat uh, to beat games around the head with, um, and that people saying that oh, there aren't that many people playing Starfield, mm-hmm. um, and going oh, and and the counterpoint was doesn't matter. Starfield's a single player game yeah. that lots of people will have rushed into and finished. And I don't again, I don't know why I finished that game um, when I did. But um, you know, generally you'll buy a game, you'll play the game, you'll stop the game, and mm-hmm. that is no surprise. That's but, what um, uh, I read an article on Aftermath. About that's this. it same yeah. same after why yes, does it matter it, it, it doesn't matter because people were talking about this week pal world has experienced the biggest drop in concurrent player numbers in steam's history and okay why does it matter why it just well, doesn't matter maybe we could turn things around and maybe we could talk about how many people are reading the news stories about these uh, about these player counts, and just say, "Well, actually, only three people, three hundred people read your story." <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe. Um, that's our last section. Uh, but yes, but, but but sorry, that piece was specifically talking about Ubisoft games, where uh, the the writer, I think it was Luke that wrote it, said, um, mm. "Like he really didn't enjoy finishing Assassin's Creed Valhalla." Valhalla. 
Uh, and apparently that takes a hundred hours, Steve. Who's got a hundred hours? I can't imagine having a hundred hours for anything. Um, ridiculous. Uh, video gaming. That's what we talk about on One Life Left. We're a video game radio show. Um, talk about all the games we've played. We talk about the news in the video gaming world this week, last week, whenever really. Uh, we talk about you know our lives in video games and how much anxiety that gives us and the business dreams it forces upon us. We also talk about games we've been playing, and while it is early in the show for this, I think it's time for the reviews. Simon, what have you been playing this week? (laughs) Well, I have a slightly embarrassing story, Steve, uh, in that... um, I have uh, been very much looking forward to um, a game being published by Coatsync uh, for the MetaQuest, uh, which is a modern version of the arcade light shooters uh, that we used to enjoy in the past and that I have tried to recreate in my house using Cinder light guns. Uh, not to great success, I'll have to say. So this is a game called Undercover. Um, and, and it is. It's Time Crisis in a VR um, world. So uh, rather than standing opposite a screen and firing into it, you are in the game. Um, and uh, But it's, it's, a, it's a modern take on this. So it looks very, very similar. It sounds very similar and in terms of the gameplay itself. Uh, broadly similar. You have a gun. People are right. People come at you. You shoot them. Uh, you can also interact with the game world itself and shoots red things to explode um and it's glorious fun um the uh it's uh, you can play it uh, multiplayer um and you can play it single player where you get a um an, an ai partner uh and uh, yeah uh, as you imagine you uh, it's very accurate because you can hold your hold your fingers up and look down the barrel of it and that's great uh lots of fun um, very, very uh, bright, bold visuals. Enjoying it enormously. Now, the first level. I knew there'd be a now because well, the way you were saying that, I was like, this can't be all good. Something's good. It's, it's really, really good. It has two modes to play okay. it. Okay. Do you want to play it standing, Steve, or do you want to play it sitting? I think initially, definitely standing. Of course, you're going to play standing, aren't you? Mm. It's death standing. <laughs> um, <laughs> So uh, I played it standing up and it's excellent. And uh, of course, you know, whilst being part of that world and within that world sounds very appealing. Well, actually, when, you, when it's 3D around you, you, you can move around a bit more. So you can so you peer around pillars or um, if you're on a balcony, you sort of lean over it. And that's great. The slight problem comes from the fact that, um, like, for example, if you're playing Time Crisis, Steve, what you do is you stand on a on a pedal mm. to peer out from behind of something. That's right. Yeah. And then you let go of the pedal to go back behind it. So you know it's quite it's quite that's quite easy, isn't it? Just moving your foot in a VR game, particularly in the standing mode here. Mm. Um, you crouch to avoid um, shots that are going to hurt you. So there'll be some times where um, enemies will have a big red circle around them and you know that you need to get out of the way of that, Steve, otherwise mm-hmm. it's going to take some of your health. And so you crouch, not so bad, eh? You also need to crouch 
when you're reloading and your handgun, I think, holds maybe six or eight bullets to start off with. And you're firing a lot of bullets, aren't you? So, um, you know, you do the math. Uh, I can tell you, uh, I'm not sure how many shots I fired, but it did involve a lot of crouching to reload. Mm -hmm. Played the game on Saturday. Felt a little bit tense. Uh, uh, Saturday evening. Yesterday... And today, Steve, I've been walking like I've est myself. <laughs> <laughs> it, honestly, I, I, and I've had to go up and down stairs, sort of holding on to the banisters, and go, oh, oh, making noises as I as as I move anywhere, simply because I don't know, I didn't warm up, or I was crouching too low, I was too excited. Um, but let me tell you, um, the two modes, standing up, more realistic, what have you. Sitting down, you push a button to reload and crouch. Right. When I play the subsequent levels, I will be, I'll be standing up, but saying I'm sitting down. Ah, uh, I see. That's a bit weird that you have to crouch to reload as well. Why wouldn't you, they put that on a separate, like, mechanic? Like, that yeah, involves something closer to feeling like you're reloading unless it's to feel more like the time crisis thing where you do duck down with a pedal and that you know yeah because that because that also reloads any mm, does that reload yeah. yeah yeah so i think it's, it's probably in keeping with that so yes I, it's thoroughly enjoyable like i say it's been it's proved to be an embarrassment since i played it um you know for example normally i'll carry my daughter up to bed yesterday she had to, she had to walk up herself because oh, daddy's goodness. legs hurt <gasps> daddy's legs hurt thanks playing a video developers game. uh i yes but i i before i was in pain i was enjoying myself immensely so I'm not in pain. Uh, i've been playing celeste celeste 64 oh yes i read about this yeah i that, that's basically what happened to me i read about it and thought oh that sounds good and then moved on with my life and then thought wait a second i could play it so so i did i took the next step and downloaded it and played it um so celeste as listeners one life left may already know is a platform game that came out six years ago and it is a very very simple classic platform game where you have to jump on platforms collect apples i think is it apples i don't know i'm not very up to speed with Celeste Law. Uh, collect something on the screen and um, that's it. That's what you've got to do. And there's loads of these games, but Celeste did incredibly well, basically because the design is so tight. It feels great in every leap. Like, there is there's no floatiness. It's absolutely uh, the sort of game that when you fail, you know it's your fault. You never, ever blame the systems. You blame yourself. Very, very fast retry to do these very, very short levels. And the level design is brilliant uh, as well. Um, take or leave the narrative bits that come with it. But I think that resonated with an audience as well. Uh, that's part of the reason for its success. So it did tremendously well uh, for its developer. Um, and I still... It's also incredibly hard. It's It's got a nice difficulty curve in that you can complete it uh, and it's very, very challenging, but you can complete it. But in order to 100%, it becomes very, 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 very difficult. Um, occasionally still get cravings for Celeste and Celeste likes and want to go back and play. 
that game again. Never have. And so when um, they released to celebrate the sixth anniversary, Celeste 64, I was uh, not excited enough to to imagine that I could play it and then suddenly got excited and remembered I could play it. Celeste 64 is Celeste, but in a Mario 64 style universe. It is, journalists might put it, a loving tribute to Mario 64, except it's not because it is a hardcore platform game with that kind of visual fidelity. Now, when um, 3D platforming, when when people try and build 3D platformers, generally they are, in fact, in almost all cases, they are really, really annoying. Hardcore 3D platformers don't really, really work because it's hard to see which uh, platform you're going to land on in 3D. It's, it's not as satisfying as it is in 2D. Uh, so I was sceptical. Uh, I was wrong to be sceptical. It is as tightly designed and beautifully implemented as the original Celeste, um, or, or the, uh, you know, the main Celeste. It is so uh, well designed, it fills me with awe that apparently they made this in a week. And again, there are, to me, slightly annoying narrative parts around there, uh, <laughs> but you can easily ignore them. Uh, they are a couple of lines here or there. And focus on the try and fail and try again quest to get these, I think they're apples. Uh, and so I did, and I did it all. I got them all, I think. It was never too difficult. Occasionally, it was exactly in that sweet spot of, oh my god, I'm never going to do this. Um, and then suddenly you get closer and closer and closer, and eventually you get it just before your uh, your frustration takes over. Uh, I've been playing Mario Galaxy 2 recently, and that has the same sort of feel to it. And I can't think of any higher praise than to say Celeste uh, 64 has that level of game design fidelity. 7 out of 10. Why did they choose the Mario 64 style to uh, to put what was previously a 2D uh, platformer? Is it, so it's fully 3D, is it? Yeah, fully 3D. Mm. Uh, I think because it's a nice... It's a recognisable graphical style that speaks to uh, a nostalgic sense of joy that Celeste, with its 8-bit uh, style, does as well. So it makes sense to take like an iconic reference point if you're going to move it into 3D. But it, it did genuinely impress me that you very, very quickly do get a sense of where the character is in the space. I think this is partly because what they do is, they you can turn this off in the options, but it has a line that is a sort of guideline that is drawn directly down from the character. Um, and while you don't use that in a sort of, oh, the line is there, therefore I can land on it, I think it just gives you a, you know more grounding in that world. Um yeah, just really, really good. Really, 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 really good. Over too soon. Good. On the Discord, uh, we have had... Uh, Ed has been playing the 2010-era Tomb Raiders. Mm -hmm. uh, he says that he's really enjoyed the first one, and the second one was basically more of the same, but with snow. The third one is really odd, though, whereas the whole vibe of the first two is, can Lara survive on her own against overwhelming odds? This has these weird pseudo-open world bits where you can... E.g., take a break from the overwhelming odds to help a kid find his lost dice. Bizarre. <laughs> Just want to get to the end and have another bash of Baldur's Gate 3, 7 out of 10. Isn't that all open world games, though? Like, that you are, you're, you've got to save the world. But also, someone here needs six ingredients for their cooking pot. And why don't you help this man keep his sign up or whatever? And you sort of buy into that conceit if you're going to play one of these. 
Well, how else are we going to get to an 80-hour runtime, Steve? Mm, quite. How else are we going to find 80 hours to play these things in? Uh, Phil uh, wrote uh, that he's been played Potato. He says it's vampire survivors, but sci-fi and with oatmeal-esque graphics, 7 out of 10. Uh, vampire survivors games. Um, I've never... Well, actually, I have played one other than vampire survivors. Uh, that was enough for me. The numbers go up thing is so dangerous for me like as a, a, a mechanic i just find myself addicted to them so easily so yeah i will not be engaging i think and finally cjc wrote forehammer 40k space marine predictable on rails shooter from long ago that has some fun moments but hasn't quite learned enough from its predecessors hokey storyline carried me through 15 low impact hours making it the first game he's completed in 2024 Hope the 13 years in between make the sequel more compelling. 7 out of 10. Good reviews, everyone. If you want to join us on the Discord, post your reviews and we'll read them out. Uh, You can do so by finding the link at hello.onelifeleft.com. I think it'll be in the show notes as well. That's the end of the show, I think. That's the end of the show. Good. Good. Uh, Really, really important if you listen to the show, if you've enjoyed it, or even if you haven't enjoyed it, uh, go to Resonance FM's website and donate some money. Uh, Let us know when you've done it, and Simon will give you a code for a game. Sound about right? Maybe. Maybe. Depends how much you've donated. Uh, yeah, um, it's really, really important you do that. Resonance are yeah. brilliant, and uh, yeah, they need your support. We need your support too. So, thank you so much uh, for supporting us. Thank you for listening as well. Uh, we've been one life left, and we will see you next week. Until then, goodbye. <laughs>